Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Full of days, riches, and honor. And Solomon, his son, his son reigned in his stead. Hallelujah. This, by all standards, is a great person. Amen. If this is how David's life was summarized, at the end of his life, when they were writing his tribute, this was the summary of his life. He died in a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. Hallelujah. This has all the hallmarks of a great person. Amen. It means David died old. Amen. It means he lived long. Hallelujah. Is it a blessing to live long? How many of you want to live long? You want to live long? You want to live long? Yeah, it's a blessing to live long. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, full of days. In other words, his days were filled with activity. David was never bored. Every day, David had something to do. Some of us want to live long, but we are bored already. But David was never bored. His days were full. Hallelujah. And then the third part was that riches. He was a rich man. How many of you want to be rich? You want to be rich? You want to have money? I said, do you want to be rich? Lift up your hand if you want to be rich. Yeah. You see, I'm talking about how great David was. Because sometimes, I'm, what is the point in living, being very old but poor? Some people, are, some people, even though they are living, they wish they are dead. <laughs> even though they are alive, they wish they are dead. Because they are so broke. Somebody was telling me about a guy who, every time, he, every time he buys the newspaper, you know the newspaper? The newspaper has the obituary column. The obituary column have the, like obituary have the number of those who are dead. That's where they put them in the newspaper, that column. Do you know what I'm talking about? And this guy, every time he buys the newspaper, he'll be reading that column. So his friend asked him, why do you keep on reading this column? He said, I'm not sure whether my, I want to see whether my name is here. <laughs> He doesn't know whether he's alive or he's dead. He's so broke, he doesn't know. <laughs> but you will be rich in the name of Jesus. And I was saying, he had honor too. He had what? I said, he had honor. Yeah, people respected him. So, have you seen how great he was? Sometimes you are rich, you live long, but people don't respect you. People talk nonsense to you. But David was honored. Hallelujah. And the, and, and, the, and the best of all his blessing 
was the second person, and his son. And Solomon, his son, reigned. Hallelujah. And this is very important because, you see, everybody, as you get blessed, you wish you can have a son because it's not every son who can succeed you. Some children, when you leave them your property, they will waste it. They are fools. Are you hearing me? Sometimes you raise, you try and raise a child. But when the child grows up, you wonder that, is this my child? Do you get it? So it's a blessing to have a child who can follow after you. Because otherwise, all your labor will be in vain. A lot of parents labor for their children. I mean, but for what they will eat now, they have it already. So the only reason they are struggling is because of their children. So after all your labor, if your child turns out not to be a good child, it's a waste of your time. Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? That is why it is a blessing for a child to be able to succeed after their parents. Amen. Amen. So when your parents are telling you something, listen, it's for your own good. I say, so what? For your own good. I should tell them, right? Yeah. Because you see, you can build an empire, but when you leave it to a fool, it will go to waste. Somebody was telling me about somebody whose father was very wealthy. And when the man died, left them a house, properties. The boy wasted everything. Wasted everything. Foolish things, partying, wasted everything. And it's a, it's a curse. Hallelujah. So you are blessed to have a child who can continue and follow what you have done. Amen. Amen. So David was very blessed. Hallelujah. Because parents are always blessed when they see that their children are doing well after them. Isn't it? Parents, isn't it? And it's very painful when your child has wasted all your resources. May your children not waste your resources. I say, may your children not waste your resources. Amen. His son Solomon succeeded after him. Hallelujah. So we are talking about the man David. So do you see that based on this, can you see that based on this description, he was a very successful man? Can you see that? Can you say that David was great? Because he had all the sense of, all the attributes of greatness, he had it. He lived long. He was, old, he was never bored in life. He never felt depressed. Because some people live long, but they are depressed. Oh, I don't even know what I'm living for. He was never like that. He had riches. He had, the, he had honor. And when he left the scene, he had somebody to take over. Oh, what a blessing. Put your hand together for David. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, based on this, we need to follow what are some of the things that he did that made him great. All right? I said, all right? And last week, we learned that, what, what, what did we learn last week from David? The principle of what? The principle of what? Small, like, David never minded starting small. Hallelujah. If you want to be great, don't, you see, some people don't like to start small. But let me tell you something. You have to start from somewhere. Hallelujah. 
the principle of small beginning. A lot of people, a lot of people do nothing because they are waiting for a big bank. I want to make it one time. No, you cannot make it one time. You need to grow up small. Hallelujah. Because it's a mind you listen. If you make it big all of a sudden, it can actually even destroy you. You have to mature into it. Hallelujah. The principle of what? Small beginning. And then the, what, what was the other principle? The principle of what? Doing menial jobs with joy. Not menial jobs. Doing menial job with. I said doing menial job with what? Yeah. Because you see, you can do the menial job, but you're doing with an attitude. It doesn't bring a blessing. A menial job. Because you think you are above the job. So you come with an attitude. Even though David was anointed king by Samuel. Okay? He was made king by Samuel. His first job in the palace was not to sit by the rice and the king. was to work as a servant. He was an armor bearer. He had already been anointed king. But when he got into where he's supposed to rule as a king, his first position, his job description was a servant, an armor bearer. And he did it with joy. I said he did it with what? So you may have a degree, you may have all the qualifications, but this is the job that you have first. You have to learn to do it with joy. Hallelujah. Don't have an attitude. It's below me. That's why you never go anywhere. Amen. Yeah. You have to start. Tell your neighbor, you have to start from somewhere. He did menial job with joy. It doesn't mean that he's going to be there forever. Hallelujah. It does not mean. David, David, look, he knew he was going to be king. Someone said he was going to be the king. So he, he always had a vision that one day I'm going to be the king. But now, this is, this is what has been given to me and I have to do it well. Hallelujah. That is why I even keep on saying, even in, like in the church, maybe one day you'll be the preacher, you'll be the pastor of this church, but now you are fixing things or you are cleaning the bathroom, do it with joy. The fact that God has spoken to you that you'll be a pastor does not mean that when you come to church, you are waiting for the pastor to so they can come and preach. No, you start from the miniature. Start from somewhere. And do it with joy. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? David cleaned with joy. He mopped with joy. He served with joy. Hallelujah. Have you seen how he was great? Have you seen how he became great? Yeah. Principle number three. I'll give you two more. You see, for now, nobody knows you. You see, now nobody knows you. You are small. But one day, I say one day, I say one day, people will have to fill a form if they want to see you. You love that one? Now, people, nobody respects you, but a time will come one day for them to see you. They must fill a form. One day they will fill a form before they can see you. I say, one day people have to fill a form. Now, I know they don't regard you, but one day they will have to fill a form before they can see you. You are not excited about it. You don't believe it. 
I say you don't believe it. You don't believe that one day, when people, when they say they want to see you, they'll say, okay, sit here, fill a form. You have to book an appointment before you can see me. Fill a form. Do you love it? Yes. They'll have to fill a form before they see you. Hallelujah. All right. So more principles of David. Principle number three. Principle number three is the principle of turning away, okay? Turning away from those who despise you. You understand? The principle of walking away from people who despise you. Or walking away from people who look down upon you. Amen. Where is the scripture? First Samuel 17, 28 to 30. First Samuel 17, 28 to 30. The Bible said that an Eliab, okay, an Eliab, okay, his eldest brother had when he spoke unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou might see the battle. And David said, what have I now done? What have I done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another. Everybody say he turned from him. I say, say he turned from him. Listen, this is the scenario. David's older brother is called Eliab. They were in Saul's army. They were in the military. And they have come to fight Goliath. And all of them were afraid. Chicken. Because when they see Goliath standing there, they were all scared. Afraid. Chicken. And David's father sent him to take bread and water to his brothers in the camp, in the battle. So when David got there, he saw some soldiers talking about Goliath. So he decided to stand there and listen. What's going on? Are you hearing me? And he started asking questions. What's going on? And David could hear Goliath insulting Israel. Calling the God of Israel a dog. So David was just asking the people, guys, what's going on? And as they were explaining to him and he was talking, his older brother, Eliab, came to the scene and said, what the heck are you doing here? 
Small boy. You are always, you think you are big. This is for big men, okay? This is for those who are in the military. What the heck? Who do you think you are? What, what are you doing here? Instead of going home to take care of the sheep, look at what you are doing. So he started to put David down. He said, I know your pride. You, see, you look at what he said. He said, I know your pride. And then you are proud and you are naughty. You know? Can you imagine like you are standing before some guys talking and suddenly your brother comes to put you down. He said, I will put you down. So like, maybe as he was talking to the other people, probably the people said, oh, maybe this it looks like this boy is smart. This boy, then your big brother comes and puts you down. Bad, bad. Bad, bad, bad. Comes to put you down. What do you know? When men are talking, what, what do you think you are? We have been to the military academy, okay? I know the nothingness of your heart. You are, you are so naughty. You are precocious. You are stubborn. You want to act big. Are you hearing me? I know the naughtiness. Hallelujah. And, uh, and David said, so David looked at him and said, what have I done? I am just talking to these guys. What have I done to you? What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? I'm just talking to them. What have I done? You know? So, the Bible said, and he turned away. Show me that. And he turned, and, and he turned from him toward, he turned from him toward another. Richard, do you understand? You see, the principle of, because don't try to don't try to argue with people who don't respect you. It's not worth it. Don't try to explain to people who don't regard you. It's not worth it. Don't try to prove yourself to people who don't respect you. If they don't respect you, turn away. say, if they don't respect you, what do you do? Yes. You see, you will never do well in an, in an environment that does not respect you. Hallelujah. People who don't respect you, don't try to be in their company. Because you won't do well. You will never flourish in an environment where they don't respect you. They don't regard you. See, and he, the Bible says Jesus Christ, he went to his own, Jesus Christ, he went to his own hometown. And there he could do no miracles. Because, because, and he said, a prophet, you see, a prophet is without honor. It means that the people did not honor him. A prophet is without honor. The people did not honor him. And when they don't honor you, or they don't respect you, or they don't appreciate you, you can do nothing. So don't waste your time staying in a place or with people who don't respect you. 
If they don't like you, somebody will like you. I said, if they don't like you, somebody will like you. If they don't appreciate you, somebody will appreciate you. A lot of, you see, a lot of us spend our whole time trying to let some people like us. No, they won't like you. And therefore, there's no point wasting your time. I'm preaching. They will never like you anyway. So don't waste your time. If you want to do well, David knew, David did not waste his time. See, David did not waste his time among people who don't appreciate him. Hallelujah. If some, you see, even as a pastor, some church members don't respect you anyway, so why bother? No, they don't. So even when you are counseling them, you know this person doesn't really respect you, so... You just give them third-party counseling. The weather, the moon, the stars. And leave it. Don't deal with their personal issues. Because they, you see, don't deal with their personal issues because they don't respect you. They won't mind you. So such people, you, you give them general, what Bishop called third-party counseling. Oh, the weather, the snow, the time, oh, the, the temperature is very... You don't talk about their real issues. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing me? Yeah. David, you see, David said no. He turned away. Is there not a cause? You see, and, and you'll be surprised. Mary, you see, you'll be surprised. Sometimes people hate you because they can see the potential in you. It is the... Yeah, it is the potential. You think you are nothing, but they can see. So the potential in you, or the grace on you, they are jealous of it. That's why they hate you. Why do I say so? Eliab was there when someone came to anoint them. And he was called. And someone said, not you. So Eliab saw Someone poured the oil on the head of David. That's what David, you see, that's what David said. Is there not a cause? This you are trying to put me down. Is there not a reason? Because somehow he knew that this boy is going to be great. And sometimes people hate you and they despise you because of the greatness that you potential that you have. Hey, you, you all that they are lying, they are jealous. When they say, oh, after all, who do you think you are? You ain't all that. They are lying. They wish they were you. I said they wish they were you. That's why you don't have to waste your time with them. Sometimes those, those you see, sometimes that thing comes from that despisement, the despisement comes from jealousy. jealousy. See, and when somebody is jealous of you, you cannot explain to that person. Just walk away. Anything that you say, there's a problem. So why bother? Yeah, you think you are the only one married there. You still go to church with your wife. You ain't all that. They are lying. They are jealous. Don't mind them. Don't even bother to explain to them. 
Are you hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. You may think you are, you see, you may think you are nothing, but you don't know that people really envy you. I say you may think you are nothing, but how you doing that people really envy you. And sometimes there are sharp comments and criticism. It's out of envy. I'm preaching to you. It's out of envy. That's why they have a saucy tongue towards you. Hallelujah. Are you loving it? I said, are you loving it? Yeah. That's David. The principle of turning away from those who despise you. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, you see, oh, you think you are the only Christian, oh, hypocrite, hey, hey you, we are all Christians, you think you are only Christians, well, stop this, you're holier than that attitude, you act holier than that. They are lying, they are jealous of you, because they cannot live the Christian life, and they are jealous of you. So they say, okay, hey, hey, you think you are a priest, eh? holier than thou. Hey, St. Paul, they are jealous. I said they are jealous because they are strong. They wish. Hallelujah. May you turn away from those who despise you. Look. Don't, you see, don't, the point is, learn from David. Don't waste your time trying to explain to them. Are you hearing me? Because David could have wasted his time. But Eliab, why? You know, Dad sent me to bring the bread. I didn't come here on my own. He, he didn't bother. He turned away. Because the person will not understand anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Principle number four. The greatness of David. Hallelujah. Is the principle of this is a good one? The principle of choosing. See, the principle of choosing and staying with what you have tested. The principle of choosing. You choose and stay with what you know. Or what you have tested. Hallelujah. The principle of you choose. And stay with the thing you know. Hallelujah. Alright, good. First Samuel 17. And I read from verse 38. First, first Samuel 17. And I read from verse 38. And Saul armed David with his armor and he put an helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. 39. And David gathered his sword upon his armor and he assayed to go for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with this for I have not proved them. And David put them off. Verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand 
and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had. A shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script. And his, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near toward the Philistine. Let's read this thing in, in the New Living Translation or a modern version. Let's see, NIV or NLT or something. No, go back to where we started from. 38. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. I can't go in this. He protested to Saul. I am not used to them. David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. The principle of choosing and stay. Listen, this is a very important principle. Look. The turning point. Okay, David has been a shepherd. He has fought a lion. He has fought a bear. He had um, played the harp before Saul. He had done a lot of things. But the turning point. What made David great? What made, what elevated him from a shepherd boy to a king was the killing of Goliath. Do you get it? It was, Richard, do you get it? It was after the killing of Goliath that his name became popular. That's why the people started saying, Saul, Saul, 1,000, David, David, 10,000. And the woman sang. And the woman sang. So his greatness, Francis, his greatness, okay, was the killing of Goliath. Amen. So, if you take David's life, Mark, do you understand? The most important event in his life was the fight with Goliath. I said the most important event was what? The fight with who? The fight with who? That was the most critical event in his life. And when he was going to fight Goliath, Jessica, when he was going to fight Goliath, Saul called him. And Saul said, this is the thing you, you used to fight. Okay? So Saul gave him his sword. He gave him his armor. And, and these are the king's sword. So it must be the sharpest of the sword. I mean the best of the best. He gave him his armor, the best of the best. He gave him his helmet, the best of the best. Do, do, do you get it? He gave Solomon, he gave David the best of the best. But when David wore it and started taking steps, you know, this is the wisdom. David said, this is the most important day of my life. This is the most important event in my life. 
The last thing I need to do is to experiment. That's the last thing I need to do. You can experiment on some other days, but not today. Some events are too important in your life, you don't experiment with them. You go with what you know. I say, you do what? You go with what? What you know. Some of us like experimenting. Listen, you can play games, but at the most crucial time, you don't play games. So things that you have not tried before, don't try to pull them off. I'm preaching. That, it, is, it is a recipe for disaster. Something you have not tried. Then at the most important time, you want to try it. You have set up yourself for failure. Because you see, I can go on on this stuff. You see, at the most important time and at the most crucial time, you don't think you, you operate by reflexes. That is why you have to go with what you have tried so that reflexly you know what to do. Is somebody hearing me? I mean, <laughs> even eating. I know you like to experiment with your food. But you don't go and try a new food on the day that you're going to write an exam or you're going to travel because you may not be. Of all the days to try a new food, not the day that you're going for a job interview. <laughs> That's not the morning you try experiment food. Not on the interview day. You, wish, you have set you, the diarrhea that. So instead of, as you are sitting waiting to be called for the interview, instead of concentrating on the question, you'll be trying to control your bow. You are done for. <laughs> is somebody hearing me? I said, somebody hearing me? You see? This is the greatness of the... This is someone else we like to explain. You can try when it is not crucial. I say you can try when it's not crucial. But when it's crucial, you don't experiment. You go with what you know. Are you hearing me? That is why it is a great mistake. It, you see... It is one of the greatest mistakes you will ever made in your life. To is to marry is to marry somebody that you don't know. Can I preach on this side? Because you see, one of the greatest events in your life is marry. One of the greatest highlights of your life as a human being is marriage. And therefore, it is a mistake to bypass the sisters that you sing in the choir with, the people that you pray with. You have been in the church with them for all this year. And then when it's time to go and marry, you go and pick up a stranger, an armor you have never tried before. Am I preaching to you? 
and you are so stupid when they ask you so. But this, uh, this, this sisters, I know them already. Yes, the armor you have, you go with what you know, not what you don't know. <laughs> I'm preaching. You go with the brother. You have seen the brother scream. You have seen him shout. You have seen him pray. You have seen him pack equipment. You know him. You have seen the sister come and go. You've seen the sister in winter, summer, spring, fall. You have seen her in all seasons. You have seen every hairstyle. You saw her in a. You say you say you saw her on a weevil. You saw her with uh, short hair. You saw her with a permed hair. You saw even when he when he has shaped part of her. You saw all that. Nothing new. But it's it, 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 it's so amazing. You see a lot of Christians, Christian brothers, when it's time to make that important decision, they are looking for somebody strange. An armor you have not tried. Yeah. I hear me. Yeah. 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 I'm preaching. I love it. I, I, I love it. Totally strange armor. Yeah. Totally strange. You don't do that. Yeah. That is why most, even, even in sports, most footballers, you see, when they hit the playoffs, they don't learn new strategies. They play with the same old strategy. There's no, the playoffs is not the time to rechange re- your team. Hallelujah. Yeah. I know, I know somebody. I know somebody whose father was quite prominent in the Octodos Church. So when this person decided to get married, this person was in a small Christian group. This person was in a small Christian group, you know, pray towards each other, they pray for each other. That's how he grew up. But his father was a big man in an Octodos Church. So when this, this person decided to get married, his father said, I'm a big man in this church. So I want you to come and marry in this church. And I want my priest, who is the big priest in the town, to officiate your wedding. Yeah. Because I'm a big man. My child cannot marry in a small church. Yeah. But this boy said, Daddy, sorry. I used to come to your church. This is your priest. He never even talked about heaven or hell before. Half of the time, when they come to a house to come and visit you, they come and drink and smoke. So, on an important day like this, of my life, when I am doing something, I'm married, and, I, and something spiritual, I need blessings to be play, blessings over my life, and hands to be laid over my life for the future of my marriage. It is not time, I am, I, I, I am not ready to experiment with some big name. 
this is the person who I know. This is the person who taught me Christ. Yes, he may not be a big man. Or, you know, he will not be a big name in town. But I believe in him more than your big person. What this person was trying to say is that, look, marriage is difficult. And the last thing I want is some person who oh, I'm not sure whether he's born again or not to come and lay hands on me. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he was trying to say. This, as for this brother, I know he's born again. I know he's a preacher. I can trust him. So I'd rather he lay hands on me than this big person where I'm not even sure whether, whether even this, your so-called priest is born again. I'm not even sure whether he's gay. Come and lay hands on me. Not on this important day. Maybe when, when, when you come to our house and we are coming to eat, you can share the grace. No, so bad, no. <laughs> And when it comes to visit at home and we want to eat and you want, you want him to provide the food, no problem. But not on, you see, the person, said, the person began to see the importance of his marriage and how crucial it is. And therefore, it is not a day for me to experiment. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's a good policy. Yeah. If you are a member of the church, on your crucial occasions, you don't call your mother's priest, you call the priest you have known. Are you hearing me? Oh, yeah. You don't even know who your mother's priest is. Your mother's priest. You call the pastor you have known. You are traveling. You are going to write an exam. You call the reverend you have known. The armor you have tried. The person who has fed you, your Christian, up to this point. He's the one that you are allowed to lay hands on you. Not your mother's priest or some priest somewhere that you are not even sure of. Show of this so-called priest. Are you hearing me? David said, listen. Listen, Saul, with all due respect. Okay? With all due respect. I cannot fight in this. Because I have not proved them. I have not proved them. I am used to this sling. I am used to this stone. Kill a lion with it. I am used to this thing. And therefore, in my most crucial and important life, I don't have time to experiment. Let me go with what I know. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. In your most crucial time. Ah, Reverend, he's like a brother to me. Foolish. That's the one you need. The brother who is like a brother to you is what you need to marry. You want to marry someone you don't know? And a lot of Christians say, oh, Reverend, uh, oh, ask for brother, so and so, I know him so much. He's like a brother to me. Yes! That's the main reason why. Oh, I know him too much. We are from the same town. Yes! Even better. You want to marry some strange figure. This one you know. You have seen the hair in all seasons. You saw it when she had braids. You saw it when she dyed half pink and half blue. You saw it. You saw it when she was wearing a cap in church. You saw all that. Hallelujah. Go with what you know. 
have been taking this route, common, common knowledge, you have been taking this route to work all the time. Then on the day that there's something important happening, you decide to take another route. <laughs> and then you are complaining that you are stuck. Don't you think? At this road, you take it all the time, you know all the shortcuts. You see, but what I'm telling some people are like that. They like to experiment. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with experimenting, but don't experiment at the crucial moment. Some things are too precious, you don't experiment with them. Did you hear me? I said some things are what? Too precious, you do not experiment with them. Hallelujah. Amen. Go with the armor that you know. What did I say? Yeah. That's what it is. Believe the pastor you know. Look, on your crucial day, make sure that the pastor who is praying for you, you know. Are you hearing me? The hands that are being laid upon you, you are familiar with the hands. Yeah. Yeah. You go with those ones. You go with the church you know. I say you go with the church you know. I say you go with the church you know. Yeah. Don't go with some high some high falutin exoteric church. Because the fact the fact that it has a name that's no it, it is still source ammo. You have not tried it before. And don't use it on your crucial day. Hallelujah. Yeah. So have you gotten that David's principles? Have you learned something from David? So what did you learn today? The principle of what? The principle of turning away from what? And what's the second principle you learned today? The principle of choosing. And staying with what you know. Stand up to your feet. Are you blessed this morning? Tell your neighbor, choose and stay. With what you know. Say, choose and stay. With what you know. Choose and stay. Choose and stay. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Holy Spirit. Bow down our head and let's pray. Pray, pray for yourself. The Bible says, and David, he died full of days. Full of days. He died in an old age. Full of days. An old age. Full of days. He had riches. He had honor. 
and he had a good successor. This is a successful man. And we, the Bible is teaching us the secrets, the principles, the secrets of his success. So God, I close and never head bow. Please, no movement at this point. I always want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Because the Bible said, What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Anybody here, you are not born again, you are not saved, you have not given your life to Christ. The Bible said, What shall it profit you? It's an opportunity to give your life to Christ. So, with every eye closed and every head bow, if you are not born again, please lift up your hand for a minute. For a minute, for a minute. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Father, we thank you for this service. Thank you for the sin that I hear. Thank you that none shall perish and go away and go to hell in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hand together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Please take We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapes and publications at yahoo.com.